Hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. On April 28th of this year, I delivered my 12th and final budget address to the Metro Council, uh, talking about what we're going to be doing here in fiscal year 23, which starts July the 1st. And of course, a budget document, uh, you've heard this before, is a values document for what's important to the city. So it was an exciting speech to give. Uh, we finally have some money after 11 years basically of having to cut, cut, cut our expenses. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting initiatives as we have here going further. It's a strong budget and it focuses on many issues, but we laser down to our three core values as a city, lifelong learning, health, and compassion. And they manifest themselves in this budget in many different ways from uh, the economy to public safety. So here with me today to have a deeper dive into this conversation is Monica Harmon, our Chief Financial Officer, and Aaron Jackson, our Budget Director. Welcome, folks. Hello, Mayor. Hello. We spend a lot of time together. Yes, we You know, yes, like we the are. first part of the year when we craft the budget. It's like we, we get done with the budget, you guys implement, and then about 90 days later, we start on the next cycle of the budget as well. So it's a real breathing document for us. It's a pretty good-sized budget. So. Let's start with a conversation about the positive initiatives that you see, maybe the first the size of the budget as well. So start big and then narrow down to some of your all's favorite projects. Uh, this is obviously one of the larger bu budgets that we've had. I think it is the largest budget in your administration and it's, it's remarkable in terms of the amount of dollars that we are able to do uh, in, in complementing the AARP funds along with it. So it really, it, it's it's going to be good for the city, and we're talking over a billion dollars in in federal in, in general funds, capital funds, and those things are going to accomplish a lot of great good things for the city that I know you're excited to see happen. So, so Aaron, what do you see as some of the top initiatives in this budget? Sure, there's definitely uh, some uh, strong investments in this budget. It is a 1.3 billion dollar budget. Uh, that is with a B, so it's a, it's a significantly large uh, budget, but there are some uh, very good investments. Uh, I'll start by saying uh, it does invest in our people, uh, and that's by uh, continuing the, the wage adjustments that were approved by you, Mayor, and, and the Metro Council. Uh, both were gracious enough to uh, provide those wage adjustments for uh, both uh, non-bargaining unit and uh, bargaining unit employees. Uh, so that uh, that does continue uh, into this uh, the recommended budget for fiscal year 23. Uh, there are investments in uh, continued investments rather in uh, street paving, sidewalk, uh, general repair, deferred maintenance, those things that we uh, what we call evergreen projects that we know we're going to need to to have to uh, invest in uh, long term. Uh, it does invest in uh, continued investment in affordable housing. Uh, at $10 million, and that's what we've, uh, uh, what we've budgeted and uh, appropriated for the, the past few years. And uh, over the course of your administration, which I think you relayed during your uh, budget address, it's uh, well over $100 million in affordable housing. So that's, that's definitely uh, a, a significant investment uh, that I think uh, the city should, should uh, be appreciative of. And the majority of the budget is always goes toward public safety. About two-thirds or so of the budget goes that way. And obviously the police have the largest uh, expenditures. Now, although we're taking over the past several years a, a broadened approach to public safety. So we have the law enforcement side, but then through our Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods, we've got a large chunk of uh, 
money going into prevention and intervention, new money going for an office of youth development, expanding that significantly. So what we're trying to demonstrate is that you can be pro-police, uh, pro-accountability and improvement within the police to build community trust, pro-accountability for, let's say, violent criminals that don't want to stop being violent criminals, they need to be held accountable, but pro-investment in young people so that they don't go down a life of crime. And I think this is a new model that we're going to see more and more cities do with policing. So outside of police and public safety, what else do we see in that budget? So uh, we see a lot of investment in uh, the deflection model, which is at EMS, and that, that addresses some of the public safety, but also fire has gotten uh, funding to, to uh, pro provide for their new uh, training facility, not training facility, but burn building. And then corrections as well as getting some additional funds that will help them address some of the inmate needs that are, are, are necessary to secure both the inmate safety as well as the sworn officer safety. Those are some major uh, public safety investments that we're looking for, along with a $6 million initial investment in training for uh, identifying a training site for LMPD's uh, staff to be able to uh, um, prepare for and continue to provide good public safety in response. So. so about three quarters of our budget or so, our general fund of some $750 million or so, are people costs. Correct. Because we're people business, right? When people think about government, it's really a service business. So, Aaron, you talked about earlier the wages. We are not immune from what the private sector is seeing in terms of retaining and attracting people to work. Our, com our wages were not competitive. So we had an 8% across the board wage increase uh, last year. The police had a little bit more than that in corrections and a few other places. This year we're seeing a 2% cost of living adjustment for non-union employees. So we want to continue to stay competitive as well. So we've got that part of the budget and then we've got other announcements that we're going to be able to make uh, because we've got the American Rescue Plan that's out there. So as you mentioned, Monica, that's federal relief we got that's related to pandemic. So while we're building our budget, we've also got American Rescue Plan announcements being made while we prepare to compete for the bipartisan infrastructure law projects, which will be roads, bridges, water, wastewater, uh, uh, sustainability projects. So talk a little bit about how all of that comes together when people are thinking about what's going on in the city right now and all these announcements we have. Um, ARP uh, has already started to be implemented. It, it's a, a number of projects are already started with housing. The SOS project is one that- Safe outdoor space. Safe outdoor space, yes. The Hope and, Village in the Hope Village, thank you. Um, and so that's one that's been recently opened and, and those, those are ARP funds. And keep in mind that something down the road, we're gonna to have to continue those services. We're going to need to find a way because they currently aren't in our general fund dollars. Um, okay, so what's that mean here? This gets kind of oh, complicated. Yeah. You, got, you got what capital projects mm -hmm. and you got operating projects. So maybe talk about the difference between those. Sure. So federal funds obviously are coming from an outside source that are one-time money from ARP. And they are able to help us do either a capital project or an operating project. When that money ends, we have got to absorb that into our general fund. So our, our tax dollars have got to pay for that in a future time period. And that will, if our revenues don't grow that fast, then we're going to have to either stop that service 
or find something else that we need to remove from our budget. So that's, that'll be the challenge of the future administration because this ARP funding and other programs are always giving us a chance to do new things and see if they work and help and solve some of the problems the city has. So it's about innovation and we used a lot of that money uh, to innovate and come up with new projects that we hope get us a better return on investment maybe than existing projects or no projects at all. The capital projects obviously a one-time spend where we can uh, increase the quality of our resources. But Aaron, we left some money in this budget for the future councils and future mayor to help pay for things. You want to talk about that and why we did that? Sure. So we uh, currently have uh, an unassigned fund balance or what we call a rainy day fund. Uh, that's currently roughly $71 million. Uh, this budget that you just proposed uh, includes additional $11 million that would bring that, uh, that up to roughly 80, 83, uh, $82 or $83 million. So uh, that was, an, I guess, uh, the policy, the internal policy that we have at uh, OMB is that we uh, want to at least have one to two months of uh, operating expenditures uh, in case, you know, it does rain per se. So that's, uh, uh, that's what we've done in, in an attempt to, to try to uh, get back to that one to two months of uh, operating expenses. And that's important for our bond ratings. How are we looking with our bond ratings? And what is a bond rating and why is it important, Monica? Okay, well, bond rating is helps the investors in terms of determining how secure their investment is when they go out and buy a bond that we issue on market. So bond rating agencies, there's three big ones, Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and Fitch. We used two this year. They evaluate independently how secure and sound our financials, financials are and how good of, of, of investment it is. And they give you various ratings and we are at the top of both Fitch and Moody in terms of the, the ratings that we could receive. So. so we thought, I mean, it was a conservative thing to do, but it was a smart thing to do to go ahead and take some of this revenue that we had this year because the revenue is back after the, we're about at pre-pandemic levels now. So we could go ahead and make that rainy day fund a little bit healthier and help the future budgets there. We've also put $15 million to the side, if you will, so that in this next budget or the budget after that, they can use that money to help kind of see what projects they want to keep going and which ones to stop without being so radical. So we, I wanted to, this is our last term as mayor here, and uh, you're gonna, hopefully you guys will stay longer, but I wanted the handoff to the next mayor to be a really responsible budget, just like our past 11 budgets have been. So I think we've accomplished that. So now what are the next steps with the budget? Well, uh, first is uh, we will have uh, budget hearings uh, for the next six weeks with the council. They will uh, meet with each agency to discuss their budgets, and then they will convene and evaluate the budget. Uh, the ordinance will be presented in June, on June 6th, for the first reading, and then uh, they come together and compromise on any changes they wish, and then uh, the budget has to be passed before the last day of June in order to meet with the compliance with Kentucky law. So we'll be in good shape on all of that. And, uh, but Aaron, give us a little perspective. You've been with the city for quite some time, been through a lot of budgets. Uh, as I mentioned, this is my 12th and final budget here, but uh, when I started, we were in tough financial position. Uh, we were still in the Great Recession of the 2008-2012 time. We had a significant hole we had to dig out of. And then we had pension kind of crisis with the state where that put a lot of pressure on us as well. 
We've gone from about 5,500 employees to about 5,000 now full-time employees and kept the services of the city up. So every year is just brutal doing these budgets. And uh, we weren't able to pay our people as much as we wanted to pay them just because there wasn't the funds. Now that's changed, we're grateful for that. So how do you kind of reflect on all of this here in these past years and where we're at right now? And then what do you think about going forward? Sure, that's, a, that's definitely a good question. And, and I have had the uh, fortunate opportunity to uh, work on uh, quite a few budgets over the, the past uh, 15 plus years. So, uh, and like you said, we, there have been some, uh, some tough budgets that we've had to uh, put together and we've had to balance by, by like Monica said, Monica said, state law, we've had to uh, balance the budget. So we, we have uh, had those moments and then using a boxing analogy, you know, we've gotten knocked down, but we, uh, we've been able to pick ourselves back up. So, uh, so we've been able to do that and we've been able to continue our investments and in, uh, some of the things that we've already uh, mentioned here today. Uh, one thing that I, I'd failed to mention that I think we probably should is uh, relates to uh, Evolve 502 and the uh, the scholarship that they are offering to JCPS uh, employee or JCPS students. I definitely think uh, that's a a positive uh, opportunity uh, for those students. And as you've always said and and continue to say, you know, the number one disruptor of poverty is a post-secondary post-secondary education. So I definitely think that that's uh, something positive. And, and we uh, appropriated uh, three million uh, this uh, in the current year budget, FY22, and we continue to do that uh, in the FY23 budget. But as far as uh, kind of my reflection, uh, like I said, we've had some, some tough budgets and then we've had some positive budgets, which I would consider you know this uh, budget that you just recommended, a, definitely a positive budget and continues the momentum you know, moving forward as you kind of exit out of the administration. Well, and I appreciate you bringing up Evolve 502. It's one of the main reasons I ran for a third and final term because now, if, when we're successful in this budget, every JCPS student from sixth grade forward will be able to have a Promise Scholarship to either JCTC or Simmons College to either, either for a credential or a degree, and then they can go on and get their final two years at the University of Louisville with the program we have on that. That's a game changer. Uh, for the families in our community. So I really appreciate the community's help with that, the council's help, your all's leadership with the budget process as well. And it's just one of many good things that we've been able to do over these past 10 years or so. You said over $100 million in affordable housing. Our public health equity work really paid off with the pandemic where our black and brown communities did not suffer disproportionately. And then of course we've seen an economic renaissance that we haven't seen here in the city for quite some time with, was it 83,000 new jobs, 3,500 new businesses, and a new tourism concept, bourbonism. Bourbonism. <laughs> How's bourbonism impacting us, Monica? It's, it's a great thing the, uh, uh, that's bringing in a lot of visitors. I don't have, it's, it, it's an economic boon to the city. Um, we, uh, I can't recall which has named us as one of the n number a high destination um, location to come to and visit and uh, you can see it uh, there's people on the streets they enjoy walking and and as as we see we see people with their little small bats they've stopped to to see that and then they also stop by and, ha and have a little bit of bourbon a little bit of bourbon a little bit of bourbon maybe the Ali Center Fraser yeah. Museum yeah, absolutely Kentucky Derby Museum yeah. it's a great community it's a wonderful city. and the budget <laughs> is super important because it helps us provide our services 
and then also invest in great tomorrows as well. Absolutely. I really want to thank you guys. Our Office for Management and Budget uh, has, well, almost 10 years in a row now, been awarded the top honors for fiscal responsibility and effective management. And a lot of people don't see that because things are working the way they're supposed to work. And that just would not happen with your all's dedication, your hard work, and the continuous improvement that you all do each and every day in the entire team. So thank you very much for what you all do. Thank, thank you, you. Appreciate it, Mayor. Well, thank you for joining the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast, and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Thank you.